Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Hello and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents from around the world. I'm Zhu Tianlu. Coming up. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has visited Azerbaijan to strengthen ties and discuss recent tensions in the Nagorno-Karabakh region. The United States says it is formally recognizing the Cook Islands and Niue as sovereign and independent states. And China has released a white paper on its achievements and path to building a global community with a shared future. We begin in Asia. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has visited Azerbaijan's Nakhchivan exclave. The visit comes less than a week after Azerbaijan carried out a military operation into Nagorno-Karabakh to take control of the Armenian-majority region. Mahal Badavid reports. On Monday, Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev welcomed one of his biggest allies, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan, at the airport of the country's autonomous Nakhchivan exclave. Erdogan was one of the most vocal supporters of Azerbaijan as it launched a military operation into Nagorno-Karabakh last week. During Erdogan's one-day official visit, the two leaders attended a groundbreaking ceremony of Udur Nakhchivan natural gas pipeline and inaugurated a military complex in the region. Turkey has pledged to provide natural gas to Azerbaijan's Nakhchivan exclave under a memorandum of understanding signed in 2020. Erdogan says the pipeline will also contribute to Europe's energy supply security. During the visit, Aliyev and Erdogan also discussed regional and bilateral issues with a focus on the recent developments in the disputed region of Nagorno-Karabakh, where Azerbaijan claimed a victory following a military operation that only lasted 24 hours last week. New windows of opportunity for a comprehensive normalization in the region have been opened with the latest victory. I believe that this opportunity needs to be used. We expect Armenia to take the hand of peace that has been extended to it and to take sincere steps now. Turkey also has interests in the region. Ankara would like to see the Zangazur land corridor created, a potentially significant trade route that would connect mainland Azerbaijan with its exclave Nakhchivan through Armenia. However, Armenia has long opposed the idea. Mahal Badavid on the Nagorno-Karabakh tensions. China has released a white paper on its proposals and actions on building a global community with a shared future. It's been 10 years since Chinese President Xi Jinping proposed the idea. The white paper highlighted the Belt and Road Initiative as an example and pointed out that China offered its plan to resolve major issues with its initiatives on global development, peace and civilization. Daikai has more. The white paper comes at a time when the idea of building a global community of shared future has been around for 10 years. Over the past decade, there's been multiple progress in turning this idea into reality. China's political bureau member of the CPC Central Committee and Foreign Minister Wang Yi said the idea has gained wider 
international recognition. Over the past decade, with the direct planning and personal involvement of President Xi, building a community with a shared future for mankind has been turning from an idea into action and spreading wide across the world. In a transforming world, it stands for what is right, and in the face of challenges and crises, it inspires courage and resolve. The first part of the paper highlights how globalization is optimized, and that allocation of resources like labor, like technology, as well as capital. Um, so uh, those resources are like turning isolated ponds and small rivers into one vast ocean where you know the market has become a world market and it says cooperation and mutual benefit are the only correct choices. The document also points out that global challenges demand global solutions. The paper argues that in the face of global crises, we must abandon uh, what they call the zero-sum game mentality and engage in global cooperation. The white paper calls on nations to come together, working hand-in-hand -hand to collectively build a global community of shared future. That was Dai Kai Yi reporting. More on China. Beijing says it hopes the European Union will lift restrictions on Chinese high-tech products. This comes as Chinese Vice Premier He Lifeng and EU Trade Commissioner Valdis Dombrovskis co-chaired a high-level economic and trade dialogue between the two sides. The two officials also agreed to maintain communication. Both parties promised to maintain mutual openness and provide a fair and enabling business environment for enterprises from each other. Uh, we therefore agreed to resume regular exchanges to discuss macroeconomic issues, uh, reigniting the economic and financial dialogue and macroeconomic dialogue. China's vice premier also said the country is ready to advance its comprehensive strategic partnership with the European Union. Yang Chenxi has more. The fact that the China-EU high-level economic and trade dialogue has returned after a three-year hiatus is seen as a positive development. The two sides have discussed a range of issues, from World Trade Organization reforms to strengthening supply chain cooperation to increasing dialogue on intellectual property rights. The issue of trade barriers was widely expected to be front and center. During his visit to China, European Commissioner for Trade Valdis Dombrovskis expressed the EU's concern over the trade imbalance between the two sides. According to China's Ministry of Commerce, the EU's trade deficit with China in 2022 was nearly $425 billion. Another thorny issue for China-EU trade relations is an EU decision to launch an anti-subsidy investigation into Chinese electric vehicles. China once again expresses deep concern and strong dissatisfaction regarding the EU's initiation of the anti-subsidy investigation against Chinese electric vehicles. China hopes that all parties involved would exercise caution, continue to maintain a market that is free and open, which would benefit European consumers, promote green and low-carbon development in Europe, and contribute to global climate change cooperation. Maintaining a healthy trade and investment relationship between China and the EU is hugely important for the economies of both sides. Last year, China and the EU were each other's second-largest trading partners and investments in China from France and Germany has continued to grow during the first seven months this year. That was Yang Chenxi on the China-EU economic ties.
In North America, the United States says it is formally recognizing the Cook Islands and Niue as sovereign and independent states and establishing diplomatic relations with the two Pacific Island nations. This comes as U.S. President Joe Biden hosted more than a dozen leaders at the second U.S. Pacific Island Forum summit. White House correspondent Nathan King reports. Last year, the Biden administration pledged this 18-member grouping, the Pacific Island uh, Forum, with $800 million from everything for Coast Guard support to climate change projects uh, and beyond. And they are going to recognize diplomatically for the first time two uh, island nations, the Cook Islands and the New Way uh, as well uh, island uh, nation. Now, they readily admit this, the re-engagement with Pacific Islands that they've ignored for decades is largely because China has been interested in these islands and has given lots of diplomatic relations and have uh, economic and diplomatic ties with them. It's, they're basically playing uh, catch-up. Uh, also, though, the U.S. very disappointed that the Solomon, uh, Solomon Islands Prime Minister did not turn up. Uh, remember, the Solomon Islands have inter security deal and other deals with Beijing. They are one of the most powerful of the Pacific Island nations and much closer to Beijing than Washington wanted. We are, what, less than two months away from the climate summit COP28 in Dubai. They have been asking for money for the $100 billion a year for developing countries. None of the money has been forthcoming, and they know they have uh, leverage now as well. They're also going to receive grants for a new internet undersea cable. Uh, the U.S. also opening embassies across the region, uh, including in Vanuatu, early next year. That was Nathan King outside the White House. Staying in America... A humanitarian crisis at the U.S.-Mexican border is growing as thousands of migrants stream across the southern border. The mayor of El Paso, Texas, says the city has now reached a breaking point. Tony Waterman reports from Austin, Texas. Border cities like El Paso and Eagle Pass are really on the front lines of this latest surge in migrant crossings. And officials in those cities say they're receiving upwards of 2,000 asylum seekers every single day now, which is putting immense strain on their hospitals, public services, and shelters. Emergency facilities have been open to absorb the overflow of people, but many are still sleeping on the streets. To alleviate some of this pressure, officials in El Paso say they chartered five buses to take migrants north to New York, Chicago, and Denver over the weekend. The mayor, who is a Democrat, says that while they had prepared for this uptick, the numbers have escalated much faster than anyone ever anticipated. The city of El Paso only has so many resources, and we have come to what we look at a breaking point right now. U.S. and Mexican officials met over the weekend to discuss the crisis, and some relief could now be in the offing. Mexican officials have agreed to deport migrants along border cities back to their home countries, and they also say that they will take action to prevent migrants from hitching rides on top of Mexican railway cars as a way to get from southern Mexico to the U.S. border. According to reports, migrant crossings topped 8,600 over a 24-hour 
hour period last week. That's more than double the number of arrests after Title 42 was lifted in May. That policy, of course, allowed border officials to turn asylum seekers away at the border. Many of these migrants are coming from Venezuela. They are escaping poverty and political corruption. And there are indications that this current surge is just the tip of the iceberg. There is a record number of migrants currently making their way through the Darien Gap, which separates South America from Panama. And once through that dangerous jungle, these migrants will then be headed straight to the U.S. southern border. That was Tony Waterman on the U.S.-Mexico border crisis. Finally, in Europe, two cargo ships carrying grain from Ukraine have safely arrived in Turkey through a new route in the Black Sea, an agreement to allow the safe passage of vessels transporting grain via the Black Sea expired in July when Russia pulled out of the deal. Moscow says it is ready to return to the deal if its conditions are met. But the Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov recently said Ukraine's proposals for a peace plan and the grain initiative are not realistic. Magumi Lim reports from Kiev. Ukraine, whose economy is heavily dependent on farming, has been testing out a new corridor in the Black Sea to facilitate the shipment of its grain and other food products to the rest of the world. Ukraine is a major exporter of grain and it is hoping to keep its economy running and to avoid a global food security crisis ever since Russia backed out of the Black Sea grain deal in July. The new route hugs the western coast of the Black Sea along Romania and Bulgaria, which are both NATO countries. The route continues on into the Bosporus Strait in Turkey. The grain vessels, both sailing under the flag of Palau, safely pass through this route, the Resilient Africa on Tuesday and the Arroyat on Friday. Both ships arrived in Turkey carrying thousands of metric tons of grain for countries in Africa and Asia. It was Magumin Lim on transporting food out of Ukraine after the expiration of the Black Sea Green Deal. Before we go, the headlines again. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has paid a visit to Azerbaijan to strengthen ties and discuss recent tensions in the Nagorno-Karabakh region. The United States says it is formally recognizing the Cook Islands and Niue as sovereign and independent states as President Biden hosted a summit with leaders of Pacific Island nations. And China has released a white paper on its achievements and path to building a community with a shared future for mankind. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Zhu Tianlu. Thank you for listening.